about that lesson that Porter just read? Who is our neighbor? Who is our neighbor? And we'll get into some answers some questions in a second. The, uh, that the Samaritan, the person that he helps to save, is not somebody he knows. Uh, he's also from a different group from him. But he's kind to that person nevertheless. I'd like you for a minute to think about a time when somebody was kind to you. Something that still lingers, still stands out in your mind as a time somebody was kind to you. And I'd like you to hold it for a minute and I'll tell a couple of stories that some of you have heard before. But after the attack uh, on 9-11, uh, the, the attack in New York City, there was a cousin of Bill Davies, uh, one of our former trustees, uh, a grandfather of William, uh, who was, had been very close to the buildings when they collapsed. She was covered with ash, and I think some of us, most of us have seen those pictures of people fleeing the buildings covered with ash. And she was trying to get home. And a bus stopped for her. And uh, the driver opened the door, and she said, but I don't have any money. And the driver said, listen, lady, this one's on New York City. Get on. Um, to keep on the bus theme, um, when I was eight years old, I was going to school in New York City on 89th Street. And I usually took the bus uh, down to 59th Street and then took the subway the rest of the way home. But I noticed that one of the buses that I took had City Hall as the destination. And I thought, wow, you know, I, my dad works close to City Hall. I know how to find my way from City Hall to his office. It's Friday afternoon. I'm going to get on the bus. I'm going to surprise him at his office. And I didn't really know how long it takes. Back then, New York City avenues didn't, weren't one way. There were two ways. And it took forever uh, to go down from Madison Avenue to go all the way down to uh, City Hall at the far end of Manhattan Island. And it was in December. And it had gotten dark because the days were short. And um, the last person got off, other than me, got off the bus. And the bus driver looked in the rearview mirror and said, uh, that's the last stop. And I must have had a panic look on my face because City Hall was nowhere in sight. I had no idea where I was. And he said, uh, he must have seen that look. But he said, so where are you going? And I said, City Hall. And he said, no, I mean, where are you really going? And uh, I told him, Courthouse at Foley Square. And so he said, okay. And so he chauffeured me in the city bus to the front steps of the courthouse in Foley Square. I was happy, ran off in familiar territory, and uh, met my dad. Fortunately, he had not gone home from work yet. And if you think of these 
stories. These are stories about total strangers interacting. <coughs> and I would bet that the stories that most of you are thinking about are times when we were on our own for some reason, when we were um, some, maybe even under attack, uh, maybe feeling lonely. But I'll bet that the things we remember best are times when people were kind to us in those situations. Rich told me, gave me a quotation from Confucius uh, a number of years ago. He said, the man, all right, Rich, I always have to ask for pronunciation, but the man of Yen, the man of Ren, okay, that man, uh, the man of, well, this part, well, Confucius didn't say this part, the man of Paswani is one who, desiring to sustain himself, sustains others, and desiring to develop himself, develops others. Desiring to sustain himself, sustains others. When David Souter was appointed Associate Justice of the Supreme Court, the Congress Monitor headlined the statement that he had made, and what he said was this, we can never recompense we can never repay the people who do us good. What we can do, and what we try to do instead, is pass it on and make the gifts and kindnesses that come to us a kind of human currency that goes on traveling. And that statement reminds me of an experience that Howie Bacher and Chris Granger, many of you may know Howie, who is a trustee of the Passawani Trust, and Chris Granger, who will be a camp doctor later in the summer. Um, we were hiking across northern England. And on the last evening that we were hiking, we were going to be camping on the ocean. And every night we gathered, stopped, and got groceries for our supper. And we stopped in this tiny little village. There were four buildings on it, one on each corner of the intersection. And one of those corners was a grocery store. And we got into a pleasant conversation with the woman in the grocery store as we were buying the things. And as we were about to leave, she said, wait a minute. And she said, she, came, she went into the back and came out with apple pie, pieces of apple pie that she gave us. And we were surprised and thanked, thanked her, and she said, I will never forget what boys with your accents did for us after World War II, during World War II, sorry. Obviously, it still chokes me up. Um, she was trying to repay what these guys had done. Guys who were not being invaded, yet uh, at, at, during World War II. She wanted in some way to express her appreciation. This was 35 years later. We personally had had no connection with that. But she was trying to pass it on. 
So if kindness is such a powerful force, why are people mean to each other? Why are people cruel to each other? Max? To make themselves feel better. How in the world can being mean to somebody make somebody feel better? Yeah, by pushing people down, they think they'll feel better about themselves. To try to build themselves up. It's that is the primary reason. The meanness is an act of insecurity. Think of different ways that people attack others. What are some ways in which people attack? Dave? The internet. All right, on the internet. How on the internet do they do it? I mean, like, what, what, would, what might they do on the internet to attack somebody else? Cyberbullying. Sorry? Cyberbullying. Okay, it could be cyberbullying. It could call, and what might be some examples of the cyberbullying? Right? Okay, all right, it might be a scam on, on, on other people. Yep. No? Um, by posting like uh, aggressive or mean comment on somebody's yep. post. Yep. And posting aggressive or mean comments. Jackson? Pictures of someone. All right, pictures of someone that may not be flattering or but that may be a private thing. Yep. Jake? Spreading rumors. Spreading rumors. And this is also a place where we've got to be careful because do we pass on things that we don't know to be true? Do we pass on things that, um, that we've seen, but you know, articles that have no foundation necessarily? We've got to be careful about what we pass on. Please? Making fun of specific groups of people. Making fun of specific groups of people. Now, what types of, so what types of divisions, what types of walls do we put up between ourselves uh, to create divisions? And I'm not going to say the divisions are there because I think we create them. But what are some of those divisions? Race. Race is one. Pace. Politics. Politics. Political stand. Charles? Economic class. Economic class. Anthony? Religion. Religion. Pardon? Gender. Gender. Weight or height? Weight and height. Um, Elliot? Sexuality. Sexuality. Age. Well, age. All right. These are all barriers we put between ourselves. They're walls that we create to divide each other. Another way in which we, uh, we, we try, we are mean to people, is by uh, ostracizing them, not paying attention to them, trying to keep them out of our group. And all those different ways that you just named are ways that people try to do that. I'm just skipping over the things you've already hit here in this talk. Um, you think about the harm that's caused to a community by that kind of meanness, by that kind of cruelty. 
in, in the psalm and in the, the hymn, you talk about the bird finding a nest. And you think about a bird, I like the, the image of a bird when it's feeding and how it sort of pecks at the ground and then looks around and it goes back to looking for food and then looks around. It's not very efficient because it's afraid it might be attacked and it's got to keep its eyes up for that attack. Evidently, when those birds get into a birdhouse someplace they feel protected, they're all, all purposeful on getting that place built. But it's when they're afraid of being attacked that they're not as efficient. And I'd cite Matthias's tree talk on Friday as a really good example of that. That when he was feeling vulnerable, when he was feeling that somebody might attack him for something that he was doing, he couldn't do the job. And it was only when he was able to get beyond that that he was able to do it. Edmund Burke said, no passion so effectively robs the mind of all its powers of acting and reasoning as fear. When we fear we're going to be attacked, we have a hard time reasoning. We put up a lot of walls. We can sometimes put up physical barriers, but we can also put up walls that are emotional through all the reasons, all the ways that you guys just named. Countries and leaders will often attack groups of people for their own political gain. And we look at the polls to see if this worked. And the more insecure they feel, the more they will attack other people for, for, for the different things you're talking about. They're about to lose an election, they attack. They are cowed, in the words of the hymn, by fear or favor of the crowd. Hitler, under the guise of traditional German values, for his own political gain, started attacking others, attacking other different groups. And when you start dividing people into two groups, you divide them into four, you divide them into eight, the division just keeps going. So beware the person, beware the political leader, especially in times of economic crisis, when there's uncertainty, beware the person who picks on somebody at the bottom of the pecking order, somebody that he thinks is more vulnerable and therefore people will look down on. Beware those people. And they, they especially rise in economic uncertainty, but they're always around. And we have to be, be attuned to them. And we cannot wait until those people are in power because then we can lose a lot of our ability to act. because then they can be in a position to create terror. But we also have to beware of the person in the dorm among us who may not be feeling secure, who may be putting other people down. And we need, in the spirit of last week's talk, we need to encourage other people who might be under attack by helping to stop the attack, but also supporting that individual person. 
Also, we have to beware of the person who says, my group alone has all the truth. None of us can say that. None of us has all the truth. No one ethnic group, no one religion. Uh, there is truth that comes from many quarters, and we are wealthier for having, being able to draw from different quarters. In that sort of division of I alone have the truth are the seeds of genocide and the seeds of persecution. So it, all right, if we witness somebody in a tough spot, why are people hesitant to act? Why might people hesitate? Porter? They might be mean to me too. All right, they may be mean to me too. And we sometimes see this happening happening politically. Correct? They might be called out by other people in their own group. They, people in their own group might call them out. Max? Bystander effect. What do you mean by the bystander effect? Um, everyone tends to call other people unless they see other people first. Unless they see what? Okay, people tend not to help other people unless they see other people doing it first. All right, I see the hand back there, Charlie. Are you scared to get involved? Uh, just a fear of getting involved themselves. Oh? Yeah, they don't want to be like embarrassed or anything if they're already comfortable where they are. All right, yes, especially if they're comfortable, they don't want to be embarrassed, right? Uh, they, they don't want to argue with the higher power because the higher power could um, make you look like trash. Okay, if somebody's got more power, it's, it's hard, and this is one reason that it's dangerous once somebody takes over. Uh, you saw this in the South when the KKK started to terrorize people. Uh, it was very hard for other people to act. Martin Luther King, let me see if I can find his quotation. Mark, Martin Luther King talking about the Good Samaritan, talking about this lesson that we just read said that the first question that the priest and the Levite asked in their own minds was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? If I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? So how do we respond? What habits will help us to react in the right way? How can we be Samaritans? How can we be protectors? How can we avoid the meanness? If I were the person in the ditch being picked on, how would I want to be treated? So do unto others, thinking about the golden rule, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. So the first, first lesson there is not to be cruel ourselves. Return to no man evil for, for evil. As the Bible says, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing this, you will be heaping burning coals on his head. Now, it's always tricky, because that sounds sort of mean in itself. But the kindness, though, is going to cause his own meanness to eat away at it. Return to no man evil for evil. Alan Lloyd McGinnis, in a book called Bringing Out the Best in People, said, 
said this, Thomas Aquinas, who knew a great deal about education, once said that when you want to convert somebody to your view, if you want to change somebody else's mind, you don't stand across the room and shout at him. You don't call him a dummy. You don't order him to come over to where you are. You go over to where he is standing, take him by the hand, and guide him. You start where he is and work from that position. That's the only way to get him to budge. So how do we make these things a habit? There are a number of things that we have always practiced at Pasquani and try to continue to stay faithful to. Camp motto, stop and think. All right, how can, I, how can I treat this person better? How can I support this person? How can I stop this need? And it may be consulting with friends, people that might have an insight into how to do it better. If we're in a situation where we're being picked on and attacked, rather than to respond with meanness, count to 10. Just let ourselves cool off. Give ourselves time. Sometimes write a letter that you never send. Uh, just to try to work through. That's a stopping and thinking activity. Think about the golden rule in that process. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. It's also helpful to think of our own faults. None of us is perfect. And we will, if we think about where we have fallen short, it will help us to be more tolerant in understanding where somebody else is coming from and help that person from that spot. Um, Mr. Gamjohn used to quote um, C.S. Lewis who also wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, The Chronicles of Narnia, uh, who said he thought he, this idea of um, loving the sinner and hating the sin sounded like an impossible thing. How could you love somebody and hate what the person did? He said, until you realized he'd been doing that to one person his entire life, and that was himself. That he might be disappointed in something he did, but he didn't stop loving himself and caring about himself. And that helped him understand how to do that to other people. We also, when we talk in this, these terms of Pasquani, think about Sir Philip Sidney. Sir Philip Sidney was dying on the battlefield, and a foot soldier was brought in and there was only a li limited amount of water. And in terms of practicing the kindness, Sir Philip Sidney said, that man's need is, need is greater than mine. That man's need is greater than mine. Give it to him. His need is greater than mine. So coming in that habit, sowing the thought that reaps the act, sowing the act that reaps the habit, but think if this group, if everybody in this group was committed to performing acts of kindness for each other, committed to have no meanness to each other. Think of the spirit and the feeling that would give. What are we going to be? Are we going to be the Samaritan rather than the attackers? Are we going to have that spirit of those bus drivers and be protectors? What a season 
what expeditions these are going to be, where there'll be plenty of opportunities for kindness. If we're all strong and practicing, we defend those in need of defending. If we use man's strength to comfort man's distress, if we create a community where everybody is thriving, with deeds of love and mercy, the heavenly kingdom comes. Because, as Henry James said, three things in human life are important. The first is to be kind. The second is to be kind. And the third is to be kind.